Uh, I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, your series that you're in is Awaken or Awake. I want to talk to you about um, awakening your story or awakening your testimony. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to get right into it because we have a lot going on, and I have one microphone, so that leaves me in full control this morning, but we have a lot of people that are going to be sharing, some guys, and then I'm going to have Cindy come up. The girls are going to sing at the end. It's going to be so nice. We, we, um, we do have our entire crew here, uh, which is somewhat rare. We're only 90 uh, minutes away, and so we do have all the moms here from Beauty for Ashes, Women's and Children's Home, and my beautiful wife. Can we give them a hand? And uh, we were here right before Christmas, and they, they did their thing, and it was beautiful. And so today, it's kind of the men's turn. We have three uh, graduates from our one-year program who are going to be sharing this morning. And uh, I cried when I saw two of them because I haven't seen them in a while. And I'm just so proud of what God's doing. Their story is powerful. And so to contextualize all of this today, I just want you to remember uh, that, that Christ has given you a story your, your faith story is powerful. And, you know, preachers, this is what we do. We, we run our mouths. We're good at talking. Um, and I think a lot of times those in the pews are kind of sitting on that story and sitting on that gift. And so the hope this morning is to encourage you, to inspire you, to share your story more because it's powerful. Amen. God ransomed you. He rescued you. Your story is a story of redemption, many of you. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm just going to, it is Palm Sunday, right? And so we, we want to get into the triumphal entry a little bit. And the power behind it is, is really the power of the miracles that, that had been seen by these disciples. And so I'm going to read from verse 37. Are we on the board? We are on the board. Well, you guys are good. When he came near the place... The road goes down the Mount of Olives. The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all of the miracles they had seen. That's what we're going to talk about today, and this is where we're going to be. For all of the miracles they had seen, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And so what we're saying today is no stone's going to cry out for us. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together with City Church. We speak blessing over Pastor Pete, blessing over Fran, just blessing over our time together. Will you just anoint this season and just these next few moments. And I, I pray that people will be inspired. People will leave this house challenged and changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, for those of you who are uh, not living under a rock, there was a, a game on Monday night, right? <laughs> Is that like, like five days ago, like six days ago game, right? And um, is it, well, it is a little warm in here, so I'm, I'm going to go through a wardrobe change for you. Do, that. Do you mind if I take my jacket off? I'm hot. No. You mind if I take my shirt off? I'm hotter. So, uh-oh. 
do I need to put my jacket back on to be like preachy and stuff or no? No? Okay. So for those of you who are not really, we got the wrestling team. I see all these big jack dudes in the front row. I'm like, okay, either this church has really good security or like maybe the UVA wrestling team is here, right? Some of the boys, right? Some of you boys. So you're feeling my shirt. You can't have it, but I won't tell you how much I paid for it. I got robbed, but it was all right. I needed a sermon illustration. It's shiny. I'll never wear it again, but you know, it is what it is. Let's talk for a minute about what happened um, because it's a story of redemption. I'm an, I'm an athlete. I, I played all the way through college, and Pete and I actually uh, played every single game for four years together. Probably, you probably didn't realize that, and in many of, of those games, I was in front of him or behind him. In other words, we controlled the middle of the field, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and those are great memories. And I'm probably, outside of his family, the only person that's ever lived with your pastors because we shared a room together for two years, and so... Those stories will die now. We'll shift gears. And so you know, the NCAA tournament is set up, and this is the meant for those of you who don't understand sports at all. This is men's basketball, and this is college basketball. And every year it's called March Madness. And the top 64 teams in the country uh, play a, a single elimination tournament. So if you, can, if you have one bad night, you're done. It doesn't matter who you are. And so a year ago right now, there was a very different kind of feeling in Seaville. Amen. Can I get an amen? Uh, because I'm sorry to bring, I'm got, I have to, in order to bring the power, I got to bring the defeat, right? So you can't have true glory without some yuck. And so last year, uh, UVA, I think they lost two games, maybe three. They just were unbelievable. And they blew through the ACC and they were the number one ranked team in the country. So when the bracketing came out for the top 64 teams, it's divided into fours, and the top four teams in the country get number one seeds, and then they play 16. So the best team plays the worst team. Well, not only did you have the best team in your bracket, you had the best team in the country. You by me, because I live in Virginia too, and I'm close, and I love UVA, so. We had the best, we had the best team uh, in the nation. And so last year, March Madness came, a 16 seed, University of Maryland, Baltimore, supposed to be a cakewalk, win by 38 points, and uh, UVA became the first school in NCAA history to lose as a number one seed to a number 16 seed. And really wasn't even a close game. It was just kind of this really strange thing. The tournament's been happening since 1937, I think. So this is a long time to never have this happen. You feeling me? It was kind of a really bad thing. <laughs> so I want to talk about your coach for a second, uh, Coach Bennett, because um, at the time, uh, he, had, he had, of course, he was mobbed, he had to do all these exit interviews and things. And so can we put up uh, the first quote? This would be um, a year ago, and this is after the defeat, and this is your coach, uh, the coach of the UVA uh, men's basketball team, and, um, you know, there's a verse that says, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect, Bennett said. I think that's what you have to do. I know what my, ho what my hope is for me. I know what my life is grounded on. There's nothing that touches it. It's joy that's unspeakable. Wow. Wow. 
Now, I know what I would have said after that game. And it wouldn't have been that. And so, what a powerful testimony to the world, because the tournament is viewed worldwide, to the world, that we, we had a bad night, and yeah, this is a bad season, and yes, this is probably the worst moment of my professional career, but I have joy inside that's unspeakable, right? And the old song says that, that the world didn't give me and certainly can't take it away. I don't get my joy from winning basketball games. I get my joy from what I have inside. Amen? So fast forward a year, right? Fast forward a year. It's Monday. Uh, first of all, the Lord was with us. Amen? Sometimes you know when the Lord is with thee, like in the King James, because the last three games, really, especially the last two before the championship game, but even that game, did, like with 12 seconds left in the game, I'm on the phone with Pete. For, we were on the phone every single game, including Monday night. And where he was, it was like 5.15 in the morning. And he was watching it through FaceTime. I was like, what are you doing? Anyways, he's like, it's over, it's over. So th there's one thing that we both had in common the last three games. We were saying, it's over, it's over, it's a wrap. Well, it was a good run. Well, they made it to the final four and that's a victory and that's awesome, that's amazing. But they lost. So anyways, then God does some miraculous thing. The ball bounces to someone, they throw it up and whoop, boom, and all of a sudden the game's tied. And then boom, you win in overtime. It's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, this is better than last year, right? And then, uh, you know, there's just all these strange calls. Amen? I don't know if the refs went to UVA or what, but, like, there were all these strange little calls. And it just, you just felt like, like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so then it does happen. And then you have this incredible redemption story, right? And a chance for, for Coach Bennett to stand up and really pat himself on the back because he, he went from a guy who did something that had never been done to a guy who had did something that had never been done. He led a team to, its, to the worst defeat in NCAA history, and then he led uh, UVA to their first championship ever. And some of you are old like me. You remember a guy named Ralph Sampson and all that. They never won it. Like Coach Bennett has done something for this school and this city that has never been done before. He won the tournament. Pretty cool, isn't it? Pretty cool. So now it's time for him to stand up and go, boom, 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 boom. I told you I was the man. And this is what he says. Let's do this quote. And this would be uh, after the game, and this would be uh, in the locker room. And for those of you who are not sportsy, Dabo Sweeney is the coach of Clemson football. They won the national championship this year. He's also a man of faith, man, uh, a believer. And he fires off this text that basically says, I'm gonna make sure the light that shines in you is brighter than the light that shines on you. And for your coach to say, and this is after the game, during the press conference, I love that quote. I don't know where it came from. I just thought it was good. I wanted to share it with the guys in the locker room when all this was over because the light was never going to be brighter on him than it was Monday night. And he deflected and gave God all the glory. Amen. Now, that's what I call awakening your story, right? He could have sat on his faith, been quiet about it. And he's just like, look, I'm going to deflect and give all glory to the king. Maybe that's why they won, right? Jesus is with them, right? <laughs> Come on up here, boys. 
I got some graduates from our program, and I asked them to share today to, to illustrate this. And back to, um, just back, back to this verse, the Bible says uh, in verse 37 that they joyfully praised God in loud voices for all of the miracles they had seen. And, and I want my wife to come up too. We, we have been doing this a long time, working with people who struggle with addiction. We have two, uh, basically, farms. Beauty for Ashes on 63 acres, and we have a lot of buildings, a lot of responsibility, and we have been doing this since we will be married 35 years next month, and we, we started right away in our marriage just working with people. Yeah, you can clap. That's good. That's a good thing. She's so beautiful, and I have no idea why she's with me, but praise God. Amen. Some people just get blessing on blessing, but we, we've come today to to give God the glory for the miracles that we've seen, amen? And we've seen a lot of them. And when you, when you come into our, our ministry and into our program, you, you come in uh, bad. We, we, we always say this, we meet people at their lowest point in life. And so when, when young people come to us for help, you understand what you're doing, what they're doing. They're, they're, putting them, they're taking themselves out of society, no work for a year and saying, I can't control my life, my life's out of control, and I need help for more than 30 days, so I need help for a year. Will you, will you save my life? And to watch the redemption story and, and, the, and the way the Lord redeem and what, what these young men look like today and what they look like the day we met them, whew, very two different things, and, and the journey that they've been on. And so um, I wanted to just ask these guys just, Give us your story. We can do it. We can do it in five minutes each. I think we can get it done. All right, boys. If not, I'm coming, taking the mic, coming with the hook. Nate. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm Nate Ledee. So when um, I was eight years old, actually, I lost my dad to a heroin overdose. So I was, uh, I was exposed to drug culture very, very early in life. I think I started using around uh, 13, kind of continued on through high school. I was an athlete, so I kind of pushed it to the side and just carried on with sports and had this whole kind of like dark element that was with me the whole time going through high school. Um, when graduated high school, of course, sports went out. I didn't go D1. I was too small, so that didn't happen. But um, because I didn't have sports, I didn't have that thing to fall back on, I dwelled darker, deeper into drug culture. So by the time I was 19, fully addicted to cocaine, fully addicted to hallucinogenics, the whole nine. And um, it all kind of came to a halt one day. I was in a really, really bad car accident that I definitely should have died in. God definitely saved my life in it. There's no reason I should be here today. And um, my mom actually got in touch with Sister Cindy and um, introduced me to uh, Teen Challenge. And um, it's one of those moments in life that really solidifies your faith because not only did they teach me what community was, but they also taught me what it was like to have a relationship with Christ. And um, because of that community aspect, because of the relationship I now have with Christ, um, I'm actually in my final semester of ministry school, um, graduating on May 4th. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thank you. But um, it's not me. It's all Jesus. You know, um, Galatians 2.20 says, For I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, 
but he who lives in me. And that's honestly who I am now. It's um, Nate's dead. I'm just a, uh, just a guy who's crucified with Christ, man. And um, with my best friend TJ here, and I'm going to let him uh, go ahead and give his testimony. We have TJ's picture. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you didn't know. You didn't Yikes. even know what I did. I did something really bad. This is the day that TJ came to our program. It's the first day we ever met. And I want you to look at his eyes because that's, that's, those are the eyes that are hollow. That's what addiction looks like. And that's what it does. It makes you skinny and, and just doesn't make you look as good as you look now, dude. How long wow. ago was that? Uh, so it, that was... About four years ago now. Um, yeah, just about two weeks, three weeks ago, I was in Nicaragua on a missions trip, and my grandmother texted me. She's like, it's been four years since you overdosed. And I was like, wow. Like, I wasn't counting the time, but thank you. Like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll jump in. I'm, I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I grew up wrestling. Uh, all year long, nationals, Eastern nationals, all that stuff. Um, there we go. Um, so I kind of fell away from the church. I was um, connected with the church as a kid, but I had sports on the weekend. So my family drifted away from that. And um, through that, um, I got to high school and I just, I wanted to be, I wanted to be known. I felt like I had to be known. So um, I got connected with the wrong group of kids or, or I thought friends at the time. Um, quit the wrestling team and uh, just indulged in what they were doing. And at the time, it was just drinking. Graduated high school in 2012, and I lost my grandfather. And that was like my rock. Like, he would take me everywhere. We would do everything. And uh, my one buddy at the time was like, hey, like, um, I know you're like suffering with this death. Like, I got a little pill here you can take. And um, from that day, taking that pill, I didn't know what I was doing in the moment. But years later, it's, my life just completely spiraled um, out of control. It was 2014, two years out of high school. I was homeless, living in the streets of uh, Philadelphia. Had no hope for my life. Um, it was, I, I forget, it was like sometime in April, right before actually, probably around this time, a little like last week, um, my brother, I, it was real cold, so I texted my brother. I was like, hey, can I come um, stay the night? at the house, he's like, no, you can't come in the house, but my car's out front, so I'll throw you a blanket and a pillow out, you can sleep in the car, and um, at that time, I lost all my money, so I just grabbed some heroin, first time ever, um, slept in the car, and then did it in the backseat of his car, and was found dead the next morning. Um, so yeah, I came down to Teen Challenge four years ago, Pastor Mike, Sister Cindy, um, I was like, this place is crazy, what the heck did I get myself into? Um, but the result from it, the fruit that I've seen from it in my life now, like Nate said, um, we're about to graduate college in three weeks now, and um, all glory to God. It's, um, if, I, if I saw myself four years ago in this position right now, I'd say you're crazy. Like, there's no way I can do that. Um, but all glory to God, and it's by his mercy and his grace that I can stand here today and tell you that I'm officially sober and clean from heroin for four years. Yeah. So these guys are actually going to the same Bible college right now. So if you're wondering, what's going on? They're both graduating in three weeks. Um, so can you just, we have a little bit of time. Tell us what you're doing, like what you're doing right now, working with youth and yeah. besides school. Hi. 
Well, um, so right now I'm out in King George, Virginia, which, uh, yeah, all that old town road, it's out there, but, um, they get it. I don't know if you get that, but, um, so, um, running a youth ministry out there called tribe where I think right now we're averaging about 30, 30 students at our max, which is incredible for King George. It's all God for sure. And, um, that's, it's really what's going on. The missions that kind of rocked my world. And um, so I don't know if God's called me to missions. I kind of hope not. But if he does, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, so I um, am just doing an, I'll be doing an internship with uh, the church. I'm in Fredericksburg, Virginia right now at uh, one of our churches there, our campuses. Um, So I'll be doing an internship, um, looking at like a campus director. Um, So whatever that entails, I'm in for it. But yeah, I just found that out the other day. So. Congratulations, man. Come on, so the bottom line is you're going to be a reverend one day. You're going to be. You're, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No hesitation. Let's go. So us three are going to be reverends. Lord, help me. All right. Come on, Will. Uh, so my name is Will. I'm originally from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, my story is like kind of boring from the beginning. I grew up in a single family home, Christian home. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, Every time we could be in church, we went to church. So I graduated high school, 18, got a job um, doing HVAC work, bought a house, bought cars. Everything was going great as I seemed. when I was about to turn 21, uh, I had a back injury at work and was referred to pain management and was put on prescription pain pills. And that was kind of a turning point for my life. I didn't know it at the time, but looking back now, that was a big turning point in my life. So over the course of the years, I'm getting procedures done on my back. I have herniated discs in my back. I'm doing what the doctors are telling me to do and going through these different procedures. And over the course of six to seven years, this whole thing has just spiraled out of control. I've completely found my identity in these prescription pain pills. Um, They control my life completely. Uh, Every move I make is controlled by these pills. And then in 2017, the beginning of 2017, I started using heroin and um, it seemed at the time the answers to all my problems, but really it was the, just another spiral to my downfall. Um, and throughout the t- 2017, I was getting arrested. With the drugs came a, a lifestyle of um, just crime and ways to make money, schemes, and it just spiraled out of control in 2017 and I basically hit my rock bottom. I was arrested for another DUI charge at the end of 2017. I had harassment charges, assault charges. Um, It seemed like my back was against the wall. I didn't really know what else to do. My family had encouraged me, encouraged me um, to kind of keep going, but I just felt hopeless and I felt empty and I felt like I completely lost who I was inside. So then, at the end of 2017, um, actually one day I remember 
I was withdrawn off of heroin. I was in my mom's bathroom puking. And uh, she just walked in, and she, she knew what was going on. And she just said, like, you can't do this anymore. So that was, like, huge to me that my mom recognized that. And um, I basically said, you know, I agree with you. And I quit my job. It was a Wednesday. I quit my job on a Wednesday, went and got detoxed and came straight down to Teen Challenge. Um, and that was at the end of 2017. While in Teen Challenge, God really, like, just worked on me and, and ultimately changed my heart. I had a hard heart to everything that was going around me in the world. And um, God's completely changed my heart. And uh, Teen Challenge was the vessel that God used to change me. And um, since in Teen Challenge, I've, I've graduated the program and, um, and stayed here to help, you know, uh, with the program. And I see day in and day out, I see broken people. Um, I was just on a missions trip, and I've seen a lot of broken people on my missions trip. But then I come back here, and I see a lot of broken people here. And it's just a big reminder for me. Um, at least for me, this is my missions field, and the people here are my missions field. And um, there's broken people all around us that need Jesus, and God completely changed my life, and I know he can do the same for, for your loved ones. Good job, Good job, Good job boys. Nothing is impossible with our God. Nothing is impossible. And I'm going to invite the girls to come up. If you'll just stay to the side for a moment, I'll wave you on when I'm ready. But um, Michael has asked me to share a couple of stories with you. So if we could put one of the pictures up. So this is Lauren. Lauren graduated our program in November of 2017. And... If you were here at our BFA service in December, she was in the video, the national video. And Lauren was one of the worst heroin addicts, female heroin addicts I had ever seen. And she came to us completely broken, fragile, weak, of uh, just skin and bones. And something that all of the women that come to BFA have in common, of course, they're moms, and they have some kind of life struggle, usually addiction. But they're about ready to either lose their child, or they've already lost a child, or they're pregnant, and they don't want to go through their pregnancy with the possibility of losing their child because of their addiction. So Lauren was on the verge of losing her little girl. And when she came to BFA, everything turned around for her. Wasn't easy. But she started to cooperate with the perfect love of God, just like the boys were sharing. And God started doing what only God can do. We get to be the rescue. He does the saving. And that's what you see right here in all of these women. Same kind of stories. And Michael and I were reminiscing on the way here, even talking about the pregnant women. And we have our sixth pregnant mama with us. So this will be the sixth baby that will be born because of BFA, here at BFA. Otherwise, probably not or born and given up for adoption, or not, not spending the rest of their lives with their mamas. So the next picture, 
This is Brianna, and Brianna actually stood on this stage in early um, 2016, early 2016. And when Brianna came to us, she came with James, and he was two. He turned three, and he turned four at Beauty for Ashes. Little Mercy, we didn't know that Mercy was going to be. <laughs> Brianna came to us, and she had no idea she was pregnant, and all of the tests said that she wasn't, but she was. And God saved Little Mercy because she was at Beauty for Ashes, and thus her name. Her mom gave her life to the Lord, and throughout the process, she realized that that little baby was her saving mercy, and so she named her Mercy. Brianna is in Florida now. She went through a program while she was in, in our center, and it was for medical assisting. She went through an eight-month education program. She came out at the top of her class and entered into um, a nursing program in Florida, and she will become a registered nurse in the fall of this year. So. So Mercy turns three in August, and James will turn six. So I could go on and on and share story after story. But you won't. But I won't. <laughs> but I will say this. One young lady who came to us in December of 2015 was pregnant, and she was due in April of 2016. However, she went into labor preterm, and she gave birth on the front porch of Beauty for Ashes at 26 weeks gestation. And my daughter and I delivered the baby with 911 on the phone <laughs> in 11 degrees. And the little, the little guy shouldn't have survived the birth, let alone 14 weeks in NICU. And praise God, he just turned three years old on January 29th. So at Beauty for Ashes, it's not just rescuing mother, it's rescuing child also and saving two generations. To God be the glory. The girls want to file behind me and they want to sing a song for you. And um, it's definitely indicative of how they feel. Before they do, though, I just want to introduce Sarah to you. I feel very led to do this. Hi. <laughs> Sarah came to us in January. January, and um, she is going to have a little baby boy in August. That's when she's due. But God is doing an amazing thing in this girl's life, and I just wanted to give you one second or two or three. <laughs> To, to just tell us what God's been doing in your life at Beauty for Ashes. I had, I came here because I, I was in jail and I, I'm pretty sure that they would have taken my baby if I had stayed where I was. And so I came here, I was addicted to drugs, I was in everything under the sun. And um, it's been really hard, really hard. But I finally have a sense of peace that I've never had, which is something that no drug, no pill, nothing can give me. I'm just thankful to be here, and my family's here, and I'm thankful for just beauty for ashes and being able to keep my baby. 
Thank you.
stand, stand up with me. Yes. Just stay up for a while. If your story's been asleep, wake it up. If, if the coach who is rich and famous and has all the limelight on him can take his story and say, you know what? What's inside's brighter. I'm going to let that shine. If he can do that, what an example has been set uh, for the community of a man of faith who is going to say, okay, if I have an opportunity, I'm going to share it. And so what we've asked these young people to do today is extremely difficult to talk about your weakest moments in front of a lot, to a lot of people and just expose. And the hope was to just inspire you. And if these young people can do this, then you can do it. Then I can do it and we can do it more. And I don't know how God's calling you to, to use your story or your testimony, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or with a lot of people or a small group or even just your own family. Let your light shine. It's Palm Sunday, amen? Don't let the, the rocks cry out for you. Give God glory for the things that you've seen him do in your own life, the miracles that you've seen him do in other people's lives. Amen? Amen? All right, let's bow your heads this morning. Father, we are uh, grateful uh, and thankful for these young people that have in many ways just e exposed themselves to us to, to inspire us. We're grateful for a, a basketball coach that has chosen to let what's inside be the brightest light, not the light that's shining on him, the light that's shining in him. And for us, Lord, will you, will you help all of us today? Don't ever let us get to the place where it's, it's good enough for someone else, it's good enough for rocks to cry out for what you have done for us. Fill us with your spirit today and power, according to your word in Acts chapter two, to be that witness to be a witness. In Jesus' name, amen.